Hello. Hello to you all tonight. I have my friends here tonight, Sister Barbara Westberg and my dad, who's Brother Roy Moss. And uh, let me get through a couple of announcements first before I start in with them. Um, if you are new to our broadcast, we would like to welcome you and say thank you for spending your time and joining with us tonight. If this is your normal routine on a Friday night to join in with us and listen, welcome to you also. If you would like more information about what we're doing at our church, uh, you may go to Newark, as in Newark, Delaware, UPC, as in United Pentecostal Church. So that's Newark, UPC, dot info and you can find all kinds of things there the thing i want to feature tonight is if you click on the general information card you can submit feedback and questions so if you always have felt like you had something to say and nobody was ever listening to you just go in there and type it out and we will get it and read it and see what we can do to help you with it or maybe you just say everything's wonderful we'd like those kind of feedback too i do have one announcement which is there will be no Friday Night with Friends broadcast next Friday night. So let me repeat that because that's very different than normal. We will not be having a Friday Night with Friends next Friday evening because uh, there's a special event in Milford called by Brother Andrus, who's the outgoing district superintendent. And so the pastoral team members all have that conflict. So no Friday Night with Friends next Friday night. I do encourage you to have your own little Friday night with friends and call a friend or text them and say, hey, I, I haven't talked to you in a while. How about we chat? And so each of you can have your own little Friday night with friends next week um, on Friday. And I'll try to remember to say that at the end too, and you'll be hearing that probably more than you want to over the next week. But next Friday night, you have no broadcast. Tonight I have two special guests on with me. They're very special. Um, one of them you are quite familiar with seeing, my my daddy, um, Roy Moss. And but what what most of you don't know about him is that he is a writer. Uh, he has worked for Word of Flame Press, which is our um, the the press for United Pentecostal Church, and um, he's done writing of Sunday school lessons. He's edited literature there. He has uh, written um, on the adult level and on the children's level. He is, has written a book published. Uh, he has been the editor of a district paper and he is my daddy. So you might hear me call him daddy and that's <laughs> why, because <laughs> he is. <laughs> but I'm proud of him and, and some of those things you might not have known about him. So you didn't know he was famous, did you? Um, our, our special, special guest tonight is Sister Barbara Westberg, who is a dear friend also. Uh, she's known me as long as I've been here, not in Delaware, but here on earth. Um, so she's, she's known me longer than I've known her. Um, and she, she is also a, a VIP. She's a very special person who is, was on the staff at the same Word of Flame Press for over 30 years. Uh, doing different things there as just a writer, an editor on different levels. She um, was the, the overall children's editor overseeing all the children's literature for a while. She was involved in what it was called Kids Power Hour, uh, which is kind of a children's church curriculum. She also has written several books and you might want to check out her latest book. It is available on Amazon and it is called Stories of the Supernatural, 70 Present Day Miracles. So let me say that again. You can see her name there on the screen. You can go to Amazon. I won't be offended if you do it right now and, uh, and buy her book. It's called Stories of the Supernatural, 70 Present Day Miracles. And honestly, I haven't read it, but I know that if she wrote it, it'll be good. And you might even see on Amazon a few other books she's written. Um, and everything Sister Westbrook has ever written that I've ever read, I recommend. And I know she's an awesome person. So tonight, we're going to talk about writing. Just all kinds of things with regard to writing. Because I know there are some people listening who probably have a gift for writing, or at least like writing. 
um, but you haven't known what to do with it or you wish you could do more with it, but you don't know what to do. Or maybe you just have wondered, what is it that writers do? So that's what we're doing tonight on Friday Night with Friends. So let me ask you first, Sister Westberg, um, and, and I'll ask questions back and forth of both of you, and we'll just get some three-way conversation going here. But um, how did you get started in writing? Did you, did you write as a kid? Did you write? How did you get started, and how did you know writing was your thing? Well, as a child, I read and read and read, but I never, I did not think of being a writer. I thought of being a teacher. Oh. That was my dream. So uh, when I was a teenager, probably about 16, I started helping the editor of The Beacon, who was uh, Reverend Leo Fott at Claymore Church. And what I did was roll the beacons. And that was back when they were mailed out and you had to roll them up and that was i guess i got uh printer's ink in my blood when i was doing that <laughs> the beacon was the beacon was the oklahoma district paper right well, it wasn't a paper but it was like a magazine yeah a district paper and so i wrote a couple articles for that and they published them probably because they didn't want me to quit rolling papers <laughs> so that and then uh, the United Pentecostal Church started developing their own Sunday school curriculum, and they had take-home papers, which wanted. Oh wait a minute! I need to tell you, then I then I worked with the Beacon and and wrote a column in the Beacon, but and then Brother W. C. Parkey asked me to write the junior curriculum for some camp material that he was doing. Then after that, the United Pentecostal Church started Word of Flame. And they had some openings for freelance material. So I started sending in stories for the take-home papers, which they used to have. Yes. And that led into writing lessons. And one thing led to another. And over the years, it just developed. So how old, if you remember, not rolling, well, you can tell me that too, but how old were you when you did your first published anything? Probably 16. And, and obviously, I just said you've written books. I know you've edited a lot, and we can talk about that, what that even means, because a lot of people don't know what editing even means, besides just maybe fixing some grammar mistakes. But um, I know you've written some plays. You've written some, uh, obviously, you said take-home papers. Is, is there anything you haven't written? Um, a bestseller. <laughs> So I haven't gotten rich. <laughs> oh, man. I still got a few years to go, so who knows what'll happen. You haven't written a great American novel yet. No, I have not. <laughs> but you have probably written just about everything else. Yeah. Probably. Some, some nonfiction. A lot of curriculum. Yeah. Okay. Actually, when I started writing, I thought I would write a novel. That's what everybody thinks. Yes. Write a novel. There's a lot more to writing than novels, though, isn't there? The Lord never did turn me that way. He yeah. turned me to writing curriculum. Yeah. So, and so what, what does that mean when you say writing curriculum? What's involved in that? Writing lessons for Sunday schools, uh, classes. Uh, actually, it goes around the world. It's mainly for the United States and Canada, but it, it does. Missionaries do use it, too. Yes. So it, it, there's several different levels, and you just write the lesson. You decide what the, the uh, visual's going to be, what the, the workbook's going to be, how it's going to all fit together. And as a writer, I just would write what was assigned me. As an editor, I was responsible for making the outline for each quarter. Okay. So what you, the lessons were going to be. Right. So you and probably some. How much how much head did they give you about um, setting out, okay, this quarter is going to be about Elijah and Elisha, and this quarter, did you get to decide all that, or was there like a committee? That no, we had what's called scope and sequence, where all of the editors meet together, and it all, every level has to fit together, so you don't do a lot of repetition, and every subject, every Bible story is covered, the subjects are covered, and 
uh, it has to be coordinated. It would be coordinated on a, uh, let's see, it was a three-year cycle at first. So you would do the basic, the overview for right. three years, and then an outline would be developed for each lesson. And then that would be assigned to the writers. And then the writers do it, send it in, and... Then, then the writers send it back to me. Say, well, they would actually, when I was children's editor, the field editor who was over each level would assign it to the writers. And the writers would send it back to the field editor who would edit it. And then every field editor would send it to me and I would edit it again. Then I would send it on into headquarters and somebody else up there would edit again. <laughs> and then somebody else would proof it. And we still made mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> but we got caught. We always got caught. <laughs> Somebody would catch it. Somebody would catch it. There's some pretty sharp teachers out there. Yeah. Okay, Daddy, how did you get into writing? How did you get started? In uh, well, I did the usual writing in school. Mm -hmm. You like to read as well. What's that? You like to read as well. Oh, yeah. If it was printed, I, I wanted to know what it said. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've, I've had my own library for many, many years, but anyhow, uh, I was at the University of Texas when I received the Holy Ghost, and I felt an impression to write an article, and uh, it wound up published in the Apostolic Sentinel, which was the Texas district paper and also the Texaco Trumpet and the Oklahoma Beacon. And from time to time, I would, I would get an idea. I'd get a, a, a notion that something needed to be written about. Most of them wound up in the Oklahoma Beacon. And uh, from one of those, Brother Fisher, who was an editor with Word of Flame, and, and when they came out with Word, uh, started developing Word of Flame, they asked for writers, but I didn't apply because I didn't think my writing was good enough. And Brother Fisher saw one of my articles in the Oklahoma Beacon and contacted me about writing on the senior high level. I did that for a while, and then I got a, a call from headquarters from uh, Word of Flame asking me if I would be interested in becoming editor for the senior high literature mm. and so from there it, it developed that i went from writer to editor i served in that capacity for a little while and then for i guess it was close to 30 years after that i wrote for the adult level of word of flame literature and how how old were you when you first wrote that first what do you say texas sentinel article uh i was probably 19 or 20. So both of you were young when you yeah. when you jumped in. And I didn't, it's an interesting coordination also that both of you got your, your first, you know, thing published in the district paper, which is, it was two different district papers, but that's, that's pretty cool um, that you, you had that opportunity and that, that little foot in the door got you going. Right. And, uh, yeah, that's cool. Um, so I'll, I'll come back to you, Sister Westberg, and ask you, what what is your least, you talk about doing curriculum and all the different things, what's your least favorite part of writing, just in general? The thing that's like, oh, I don't want to do this, but I have to do it. Well, I like it all. You do? Yeah, I do. I do. The research, the, the developing of the idea, um, maybe the rewriting is probably what I like the least and what most writers like the least because every word is precious and you hate to start cutting your precious words out. Your babies, you yeah. Rewrite, you have to do that. If you hadn't wanted it that way, you wouldn't have put it that way, right? <laughs> if God hadn't told me that, I wouldn't have wrote it like that. <laughs> I wouldn't have written it like that. 
editing doesn't count in speech, right? People, people, oh yeah, oh, that's awesome. And and um, is there any part you know in in school they teach you? Um, these are the steps of writing. Um, is there any you know you have to do the the note cards and then you have to used to do the the library the the card catalog now they have Google but you know you find your books and you take you write on note cards and then you make your outline and then you do your free writing it is do you do that kind of a thing what does writing look like for you how you talked about getting an idea it's mainly in my head I have an idea that this is where I would want to start this is where I would want to end and this is basically what I want to say but there's a few times that when I'm writing something without an outline that I will make an outline, but not it's not a standard practice with me. So you, you yeah. do it. And that's great. I mean, it's great because we have uh, the computer and we can cut and paste and move things around, which I do a lot. I mean, I write. I went to a Oklahoma uh, Writers Association convention and there was a lady that spoke this is what i like to tell every writer okay and she was writing historical novels nothing spiritual but in her as she talked she said that you you can't use and there may be some difference of opinion on this but she said you can't use both sides of your brain at once you're either analytical or you're creative and so she said if you're writing what you do, you're creating something. You just write it. You write it like you're thinking it. Don't worry about sentence structure. Don't worry about grammar. Just write it. And then you switch hats and you come back and you use the other side of your brain and you edit it. And it made a lot of sense to me because I talked about the Spirit of the Lord is, is creative. And when the Spirit of the Lord moves on us and helps us to write, then that's flowing, and we write it. Now, I'm not saying God gives us every word. I'm saying we have to edit it. We have to work on it. But the idea is there, and it's the flow of the Spirit. And then when you come back, you edit it. And if you try to edit as you write, you just really complicate the process, and you kill your creativity. And another thing that... Uh, she wasn't making it spiritual at all, but this is the way it clicked in my mind. And she said that you can't be creative and analytical at the same time, and critical, she said. You hmm. can't be creative and critical at the same time. And I even when you're criticizing yourself or other people or whatever, and I thought, you know, sometimes when we have writer's block, we need to do a little soul-searching. What's my spirit like? Has a critical spirit developed in me that has caused the creativity of the spirit to stop flowing? So maybe I need to pray a little bit, and then the spirit will flow. And I can Because you can't be creative and critical at the same time. I found that to be very true. I like that. (laughs) But anyway... I, I I appreciate that. I'll have to work on that because I tend to, I do a lot of backspacing. <laughs> you know? Even when I'm trying to be creative, that yes. doesn't sound right. So I probably just need to do more of a get it out, get it out on paper and then go back and, and keep them separate. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's then good. Then edit it yourself. Edit it. Yeah. That's, I like that. Daddy, is there anything, I think I know the answer to this, but is there anything you do that's not what they say to, what they say to do? <laughs> Nearly everything. <laughs> <laughs> so what does writing look like for you? Uh, writing looks like, well, many times nothing. I remember when we were first married that I would be sitting on the couch absolutely still but my mind would just be in a whirl thinking about something uh, usually writing and your mother would uh, see I was not doing anything and well that's a condition that 
it's just normal. I need to be doing something. And so she would have a task for me to do, and I would do whatever it was, take care of the situation, and then go back and sit down in the same place and settle. And it took a while for her to understand that I, uh, in, in those situations that I, I'm really doing something. But I will generally think the thing through and then write. And I do very little, well, I do editing, but I do very little changing during the editing of what I have done. Because as you say, I wanted to say it that way in the first place. And I had thought it out beforehand. So maybe I'm not as creative as I ought to be, <laughs> or I do it in a different way. But, yeah, and that's uh, why I asked, because yeah, you do have to find, as your writer, and as, as a homeschool mom, teacher, I have five different kids and they all do it different. Mm -hmm. But um, but that doesn't mean that it's wrong or that they, you know, one needs to do it like the other. I'll make them try different things. And I, I don't want them just, you know, turn it in sentence fragments and run-ons and stuff. Yeah. But um, they everybody's different and you have to find your kind of thing. And I have been frustrated of, of all the curriculum as far as homeschooling. I, I've been most frustrated trying to find a writing curriculum because I think it is a very personal thing. Uh, it, it comes from kind of who you are and, and I understand what they're trying to do and they're trying to make it work for everybody. And I just don't know if it's even possible. Um, but I do try to try to get them all writing on something on all kinds of things and um, whatever it is, write about it. And, and that seems to be have worked pretty well, but it's a very unique uh, personal, personal thing. So um, the what, saying is that you have to know the rules to break the rules. Yes. And I, I break a lot of rules and I find that uh, writers like Max Licato and some of the better known names, they break the rules. Yes. But, but you, you have to know that you can handle it. Yes. Yeah. It's a very personal, creative thing. Yes. And know what your what your kind of context is if you're writing formally or informally. Is it dialogue? Is it yeah? That kind of thing. Um, what's your favorite thing, Sister Westberg, that you've ever written? You just really I know you've written so much stuff. What what's your favorite thing, do you think? Or maybe it's probably my favorite book is a book for children maybe eight to 12. However, I've had a lot of adults read it. A lot of families read it. Heroes Just Like You. And it was a, a book. It's a book about eight people. Is that, it on Amazon? I'm going to interrupt you. Yes, it's on Amazon. When they were children, I was asked to write about some heroes of the United Pentecostal Church. And we know a lot about we, my generation, probably not my children, my grandchildren or, or my great-grandchildren. I knew a lot about these people and what they did as adults, but I did not know anything about their life as a child. So when I was asked to write this book, I thought, well, I want to tell children what obstacles these people overcame or endured and how they became great in the kingdom, even though they faced poverty, bullying, physical disabilities, uh, single home, and some of the things that children face today. So these people, so we told it at their childhood. And then here, very briefly, we told now here's what they did when they grew up. So that was one of my favorite projects. It was, it's not because I wrote it, but it's because these people were really heroes. That's very interesting because last week our, our guest on Friday Night with Friends was Brother Nathan Miller, who works with the CSOP, Center for the Study of Pentecostalism, I think. And and he does a lot of the, the research and, you know, passing on to your children and, and that kind of thing. So it fits hand in, hand in hand with what he talked about last Friday night about the Zeusa Street and, you know, knowing where we came from and passing it on to our kids and that's Another really thing that I feel very good about, and Brother Moss probably does too, is the history of the Oklahoma District, claiming mm -hmm. the land, 
because he was part of the committee and we worked together. There were a number of us to compile all that history and it turned out a beautiful book, I think. Very good. Very good. I have seen that. I think I might even have, happen to have that. It's a, you so, happen to have it? I would I hope think, you have it. I think I, I think I happen to have that. I think it was gifted to me actually. Okay. Um, uh, so, so you enjoy, I see a theme in, in there. You like the, both of those things you mentioned have to do with history and, and digging things out, the story behind the story, that kind of thing. You seem to enjoy the research of that and sharing that with others. Is that an accurate thing to say? Yes. There was a time when I had no interest in history. Actually, probably when I was at asked to help with the history of the Oklahoma district is the first time that interest was stirred in me. Okay. And now it's, it's, of course, as you get older. Yeah. And most of your life is behind you. Then you become more interested in what's back there. Well, when and young, you look ahead of you. You look ahead. You're not interested in history. Well, and, and I have actually, I, I like to do a, a genealogy in my spare time that's my that's my fun hobby right now and so um, but but i always do encourage people to write their history or or drag the history out of their parents and grandparents if they haven't written it down um one of the best things i ever did and it was just was a fluke but my uh my grandpa right after my grandma died so it had to have been she died and then a year later he died so it must have been this tiny little sliver of window right before he passed away unexpectedly he was in town visiting and my american history teacher gave us extra credit i was always a sucker for extra credit um and and if we would interview an elder um we could get extra credit so i sat down with my dad's dad and he was visiting anyway he visited only like once or twice a year he was visiting so i sat down and and got his stories out of him and man i i was i'm glad i did because uh his his recipes that he learned from his dad on how to make moonshine and all the stuff would have been lost <laughs> i've never used you know that now <laughs> I don't, I don't, if i ever want to i've never wanted to I, I think Joel's wine is probably better <laughs> drinking from but new wine, but um, it's the stories from his childhood and, and the depression. And, and then when my mom's mom started, um, she ended up with dementia. And when we, when she started headed that direction, but she still had her memory of old things. Um, I sat down with her and got some surprises that I, I never knew about, you know, and uh, if I hadn't sat down with her, they, they would have gone to the grave with her. I would have never, never known it. So I suggest, even if you're not a writer, get a tape recorder or, you know, somebody in the family probably is a writer. Get somebody to get those stories out of them. Our, our elders have a lot of stories. It's almost question time. So if you guys have some questions in the audience or the audience, I don't know if you're an audience watching this broadcast and you want to put them in the chat, uh, you're welcome to do that. Uh, but let me ask another question or two. Uh, Sister Westberg, you gave a piece of advice about what a new writer or any writer shouldn't do. Um, are there any re resources that you would recommend if somebody um, is interested in, in learning more about doing this well? Okay, I've got a list here of a few. Oh, excellent. Okay, let me get to the right page. Okay, look, why don't you uh, type these into the chat as she goes along? Go ahead. Okay. Um, one thing you should do is go to any writer's workshop you can get to. Okay. In your area, meet the people, meet the editors, attend the classes. Another thing you should do is uh, join a local writer's group. Hmm. Now, that may not be everything that's said in a local writer's group is not going to be all that great but you'll pick up some nuggets that'll make it worth your time and you'll right. make new friends and get acquainted with new people so then here are some books if i can write you can write by That's charlie shed charlie what charlie shed s-h-e-d-d okay. this is uh may not even be in print you may have to find a book that's uh 
use in your little bookshop or somewhere, but in a bookstore. Watch for this book. It's it's very very helpful. Make every word count by Gary Provost. It's been on the market for a long time, but basic rules. On writing well by William Zinner, Z-I-N-S-S-E-R. And one more, Thinking for a Change by John Maxwell. Those are good books that will give you basic things. And of course, everybody should have shrunk and white elements of style at hand all the time. <laughs> with your, your grammar and your punctuation, your, your sentence style. Yeah. So, just basic rules. Um, oh, one more thing. Go to jerryjenkins.com. Jerry Jenkins is the co-author of the Left Behind series. Mm-hmm. He has a writer's group, uh, and he has writer's classes. You can They're kind of expensive, but, oh, man, he gives you critiques, and he it's awesome. And even if you don't want to take his sessions, if you just want to uh, sign up, he will send you e, um, emails with writing tips, excellent writing tips, and it will cost you a penny. Another thing is I have what I've gathered, some what I call nuts and bolts of writing. And it's just a list of, I don't remember how many things that I've picked up from some of these books and from Jerry Jenkins and from a lot of other places. And it's just, it's very condensed bulleted tips. Like watch for there is and there are and it is and it was because that's usually a sign of a passive sentence, you can usually rewrite that sentence. And my uh, main advice to new writers is cut, 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 cut. <laughs> and it's, uh, let me see, it's in uh, the New Living Translation, the New Living Version. No, NIV, National. New International. New International, okay. Uh, Ecclesiastes 6 and 11 says the more the words the less the meaning and how does that profit anyone wow that's, that's my motto the more the words the less the meaning and how does that profit anyone people don't want to read long lengthy verbose writing they want wow. you to say it say it use use strong verbs and say it i um I got my first clue of that concept. I don't remember if we were on our way home from Africa or where, but I, I was watching a documentary. I know I was on an airplane. Um, I was watching a documentary about, and I'd love to find it again, but I don't, I don't know where it even was, except it was on the airplane. Um, but it was about a, a person whose job is to write obituaries for famous people. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about, you know, you have a little bitty space a, a short, a small number of words, and you have to condense this, you know, Secretary of State or some major artist or whatever down into this a few little paragraphs. And it was talking about it's much harder. You could write a book on a person easier than you could write, you know, just a few small words. Mm-hmm. And uh, we write uh, to back that up. We write um, our our own small group literature, uh, small group lessons, and we are limited on on our space and our number of words and it is it's very hard but yeah you go in and you cut you cut you cut some more and then you cut some more (laughs) on our on our writing team for a while we had um brother russ bobear who is our national quiz master so he's used to writing quiz questions which are very precisely written not a word wasted you know and they have he has to set them up a certain way for the the person to interrupt them. And so he was on our team and man, every word had to be <laughs> perfect, but it helped me a lot. It helped me in my writing to realize you can't just go on and on and on. Um, every, it is important that you, that you keep it simple or keep it small, I guess. So Caleb, why don't you come on and uh, facilitate some of these questions? I see we've got a few. All right. 
So the first question I will bring up is from our executive pastor, Sister Leela Cooper. Uh, you spoke about how you began writing in later units and God directing you to write curriculum as opposed to other stuff. Do you consider writing your calling? And if so, when did that become apparent? Yes, I consider it a calling. I don't know exactly when that became apparent. Brother W.C. Parkey asked me many years ago, are writers made or created? Do you just have a gift or do you learn it? I said, well, I think it's a, a bit of both. Because Brother Parkey was a very uh, professional musician, pianist, but he'd only taken one lesson in his lifetime. And I said, but you have the gift of music, but you have developed it. A lot of people with the gift just sit there and do nothing. Or they write one thing and turn it in, not edited, not proofed, and think, oh, I'm just going to go somewhere with this. And it doesn't happen. And they get their feelings hurt. They get offended. If you're going to be a writer, you've got to have a strong sense of self-confidence. If you get rejected, anything you write, you, you make yourself vulnerable. Right. So writing, yes, it is calling. And what you do with that calling is your choice. Are you going to just sit there on it or are you going to develop it? Are you going to spend a lot of time by yourself sitting in a chair just looking at a blank screen? Because that's what it's all about. And what you put out there, you may never know who reads it and who doesn't. You may never know if you're doing any good or not doing any good. You just, you write it and you put it out there and you if, if it's accepted, wonderful. Okay, God, whatever happens to this is okay. Don't spend a lot of time fretting about copyrights. I mean, copyrights are important if you're going big time. But when you get started, don't worry about the copyrights. Just write it, edit it, proof it, put it out there, and let it go. And it is a calling. What's the, difference in, what's the difference between editing and proofing? Pardon? What's the difference between editing and proofing? Okay, editing is correcting the grammar. It's making sure that the storyline flows, that it makes sense, it's logical. It's, uh, it's more, has to do with more with context and proofing has to do with there, there, there. <laughs> Which one did you use correctly? It has to do with your grammar, your sentence structure, your spelling. It's not the context and the content. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Uh, I guess this kind of relates to the last question, um, kind of. Are you mostly inspired by a detail or the big picture when you write? Are you asking Brother Moss that question? <laughs> well, I mean, you're the guest tonight, so you're if, the guest. So if grandpa, if grandpa has something to add afterwards, certainly. But uh, I am asking you primarily. <laughs> well, it starts with the big picture with me, and then you take it apart to get the details. It starts with the idea. It starts with the scripture starts with a thought and it's a basic thought and it's important that when you write you have a basic thought you have a bottom line what am i trying to say and you you keep that in mind all the way through or you go off on a lot of rabbit trails because one paragraph leads to another thought and here you go but that's not you you have to have a bottom line why am i writing this what do I want people to learn from this? What do I want to say? And if you can't say that in one sentence and at the most two, then your your focus is too broad. It's important to focus. Vital to focus, especially well in anything you write. Does that answer the question? Yeah, I think it does. Grandpa, do you have anything to add? Uh when you're writing, 
you need to write on a topic and not in it as though you were writing a topic and not as though you were writing an encyclopedia yes sir you can get lost in details yes you can and too many details is like having too many chefs in the kitchen mm -hmm. it loses its taste mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I have a question i want to ask daddy that i just thought of what is the difference for you and this is just for you i'm not saying this is for anybody uh, anybody else but for you what is the difference between writing and and putting together a sermon is it a similar process for you yeah it's a similar process both of them for me generally take a lot of background work yeah. and then thinking it through and then the presentation yeah whether it's writing or speaking or whatever yeah, yeah. That's why i asked i figured it was probably somewhat similar and writing yeah. a lesson i often tell write other writers dig deep but write light because we're writing for children we got to know a whole lot more than we say or than we write or we will get a history point wrong a geography wrong and so you have to like brother Ma said background background you got to know the bible and you got to know more than just the bible you got to study there have been many times when i was doing a series say like on wednesday night that i would come in after the service go immediately to the computer and start working on the next wednesday nights so that i would have time not only to gather the information but to organize it in my own head and get it ready to present the next week yeah, yeah. Okay, another question um is from a young lady in our church i write a lot of books most of which i never finish but how easy is it for a 14 year old to publish a book and how long can it take Mr. Westberg? Well, it's not easy. And you might want to start with something a little simpler than a book. You might want to write a, a blog. You might want to write a column online for those your age. You might want to write a devotional and you might want to try doing it online and get acquainted with the writing process. I mean, a 14-year-old can get a book published. I'm not saying you can't. In fact, that leads to another thing. With Amazon, with Kindle Digital Books, anybody can publish a book about anything in any kind of shape. But that's kind of hopefully not your goal. You want to write a good book. You want it to be polished. You want it to say something. So I would, wouldn't would suggest that you start by writing a book and publishing it on Kindle with Amazon. I'd recommend that you write some devotionals. You have your friends read them. How did you like that? And you have maybe somebody that's not quite your friend that'll be more honest with you about how, how do you like this? Well, how could I make this better? You have to be open to help and study what's online, what, what kind of devotionals are already out there. Have you got something to say that hasn't been said a hundred times? So a 14-year-old, I say, keep writing, keep writing, keep writing. And don't be discouraged and just keep at it. And when you start something, finish it. And if you don't finish it, put it back in a file so someday you can go back and get it and finish it. what you want to hear or not <laughs> i i think that's good advice uh, let me let me add a, a question and I, I see we have at least one more but um how is how has writing changed you mentioned blogging um amazon you know amazon kindle publishing uh how has that changed over the the time of your career and and what advice is different now than it would be. I know you just gave some of it, but 
Um, what's easier? What's harder? How's it different? Well, we talked about, Brother Moss and I both have talked about the district papers. There are not very many district papers anymore. And the ones, not many of them are even open for freelance writers. So the things that helped us may not be available to the writers today. But there may be other things that are even faster, like a blog, or um, you, you can start a blog. You, anybody can start a blog. But just be sure you've got something to say. And like I said, anybody can publish a book. But please be professional. Please, please work on it. Please don't think you're going to write a book in three days. And it's going to be published and sold around the world. It's not going to happen that way unless it's, well, miracles do happen. But chances are that's not going to happen. So in some ways it's easier and in some ways it's harder. But if you're going to write anything for the Internet, get online and see what's open. There are places where they have devotionals that they will accept from a freelance writer. You can send it into them before you start trying to write your own blog. Just check what's out there and how it's written, and that'll give you an idea. Oh, this is the way they want this. You have to follow a format. You can't just go by the seat of your pants and write it any old one. If you can't follow a format, you're probably going to be rejected immediately. So that's, I'm not really up on writing for the Internet. I haven't done a lot of that. I don't know if Brother Moss has done any of that or not done just very little and uh, just on my own page haven't been there for a while uh, but I have got a series of long-standing on leadership that I email and we get that and uh, I've done that for years and years and years and uh, if you can get an email list maybe if some of your friends those that are your own age and begin to write to something, even if it's on a once a month basis and see how that goes. If they keep telling you don't send any more of that to me, well, that, that tells you you need to change it at least. Maybe not quit completely, but figure out a different way to approach the matter. Good way to let your light shine too. Yes. And I'll say everything you've written, if it's a lesson, if it's a skit, if it's an article, um, if you can't finish it right now, put it in a file. Mm -hmm. And if you have written it, file it. Because three years from now, you might go back and think, this is, yeah, this is pretty good. I'm going to work on it a little bit more, and then I'm going to put it. And Brother Moss may someday even put his, his emails into a book. So That has been thought of. Yeah, don't throw, don't throw anything you've written away keep it and uh, someday you may say oh that was a good idea but it just needs a little a little tweaking or a whole lot of tweaking but it's worth it's worth going back and revisiting I keep a list of thoughts too that yeah very good idea that some of them some of them would not work and they would be a flop but it's kind of brainstorming you know it's in my on, my on my phone so I have it with me everywhere and if I think of something I just write it down and maybe three years from now, it would work. Right. Because the situation changes. Yeah. And the author may need a little tweaking, little Very maturity. True. Very yeah. true. You have, to, you have to live a certain amount of life to write. Not that I'm, and I encourage young people to write, write. But don't be disappointed if it's not published. Just put it back and go back to it later after you've lived a little longer and experienced a few more things. Maybe have a little more compassion, a little more understanding, and come back to it. And it may be, it may be a bestseller. Never know. You never know. That's right. All right. 
another question we have, I can't put it up because when my internet crapped out, uh, I lost access to all the previous comments. But one of the questions was, uh, how do you uh, deal with it when you get writer's block? How do you get past that? How do I deal with writer's block? Yes. Well, one thing I do, like I talked about before, is I check my spirit and see if I've gotten a critical spirit, if I've gotten off track in my mind, in my heart. And then another thing, um, sometimes with writer's block, you have to just walk away from it for a while. I'm not on the right track here. I try to think of a different way to get, a way to get out of the box. Okay, I started with this subject by saying this, but what if I look at the whole subject and I see something back behind it or something in the middle of it that I have, or a word. I do a lot of jump-starting off of words. Just one word may click a lot of things. So sometimes you have to look at it from a different approach. Sometimes you have to give it time. Sometimes you have to check yourself. All right, another question from the young lady who asked you about um, writing a book at 14 uh, had a follow-up question. No, uh, she this says, is from her brother. Oh, so it is, sorry. Uh, sorry, Jalen. So Jalen, not Jada, asks, um, I like to write, but I like to write words with pictures that I draw like a comic book. So do you have any advice that you could give to people who want to become a cartoonist and a writer? Okay, you take some art lessons and you take some writing lessons. And you just keep at it. You keep drawing, you keep writing. But you take lessons and you let teachers that know the subject, they know the field, they know what to do. Let them give you direction on how to do it. But go for it. Because young people today are so picture-oriented. It's visual. It's visual. They're getting more and more away from words. They want to see a picture. So cartoonists, you can reach kids that they won't listen and they won't read what I write. So go for it. Let be patient. All right. Um, I believe that is actually all of the questions that we have. Well, I I have a couple more while people are thinking of some. Um, so uh, let me, let me, oh, he keeps going away, but he'll be back. Um, well, I just went away because I didn't think that anything you had to say would concern me. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, hang on. Um, let's see. What did I have here? Um, so let me piggyback on the, on the question from Jalen. So your advice to him to get started with the cartoon or the graphic novel or whatever um, would be, and maybe you don't know, maybe you don't know that area. I don't know, but. Um, would be the same kind of thing to to get involved in a writing group in your area and maybe sit down an email and have your friends read it and that kind of same same thing. Is that correct? Well, we're talking about with illustrations, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that there are groups, uh, write artist groups. I don't know that there okay. may be. You're just going to have to. Would, yeah, a, would a regular, you think a regular writing group would welcome someone like that? Or do they expect it to be more just words? The that writers depends, That depends on the writing group. Okay. That's one thing you just have to get out in the water and test it and see. Because I, I really don't know. I'm, I am not an artist. Like Joyce Martin always said, my stick men are crooked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a lot about that. But... Uh, Get online and do some research. Suss it out. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like you're saying one one thing that's pre a prevailing theme is that if, if you're going to write, you have to be thick-skinned. That yes, you do. Yes, you do. Now, you also have to be open. So it's kind yeah. of a, a yeah. paradox. You've got to be Not open to criticism, uh, although you don't take criticism from just everybody. You want it. You pay attention to people that know, that people that have been there, people that have done that, people that know the subject or know uh, the market, that know the style. They know they know what they're talking about. You listen to them. 
But every Tom, Dick, and Harry that says, I don't believe that, and I don't like that, you shouldn't have said that, you should have said it this way, and all, you can't get too upset about that. So so not super sensitive and offendable, but but open. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's Be careful about uh, taking too, putting too much credence in criticism from people that you wouldn't go to for advice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, be be careful who you go to for advice. Yeah, that too. That too. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess you I guess you could put it this way that you don't want to take criticism on your writing, but you do want to take advice on your writing. Yeah, yeah. or constructive. constructive. Make sure your criticism is constructive. Constructive, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if it's somebody that you know, writing. Sunday school curriculum, you hear from a lot of people. And, sure you do. And at, at Word of Flame, it was Word of Flame at the time, we would listen. We would carefully consider every criticism that, criticism that came in. But it, made, it had a lot more weight if we got about 10 or 12 letters about the same thing. Mm -hmm. than if there was only one person out there that said, well, that's, we don't like that. So it's, you have to weigh it. And if you keep hearing the same thing over and over again, there might be something to it. You, there's something to it. You need to think about it and you need to make some, some adjustments. You need to tweak your style. Right. Yeah. Uh, another question? Uh, yes. Uh, so uh, Ruth asked an old question, thankfully, uh, that had disappeared for me. Uh, do you use a template when writing your curriculum? Yes, they give you curriculums. I mean, they give you templates. Yes. We didn't used to do that, but that's the standard now with computers. You know, we, I started out with an electric typewriter and a bottle, uh, several bottles of whiteout. But, <laughs> but now uh, they give templates. All right. All right, Mom, if you have any other questions. I think that's about it. Um, we can we can hang out here for a couple more minutes, and then if if we don't have anything else, we'll uh, we'll we'll step off. But the the one book you mentioned, Sister Westberg, that was I don't we believe we got it in the chat. So Caleb, if you could put it in, Heroes Like Me, is that what yeah, it's that's, called? That's my favorite. It's still available. Heroes like me. just like you. Heroes just Heroes like just you. like you. See, I yeah. so it's to the writer saying these people were just. Right. They became heroes. Right. Okay. Uh, one, question, one question that I could ask of you, Sister Westberg, is what is the thing that you are and have been proudest of ever writing? Proudest of ever writing? That I've been proudest of writing? Yes. Well... I, I can't say that I, I haven't written all this. I've written quite a bit of it at the time we started it. But the thing that I think probably had more impact on the, on children and on churches was the, was starting Kids Power Hour. And I did not do this alone, but I kind of led the team that did this. And I've, it has reached a lot of children. And a lot of children received the Holy Ghost. A lot. Of, I I've gotten quite a bit of feedback from that. Of course, that was a few years ago, but it, it's still they're still recycling some of that. Uh, for those who don't know what exactly Kids Power Hour is, myself included, uh, could you explain to everybody what exactly it is? It's children's church. It's divided into thirty minutes of worship and thirty minutes of the word, which is the lesson. So it's um, it and every every quarter has a theme. With a lot of decorations, a lot of activities, a lot of things that children love to do, but yet, and everyone ends with an altar call. And it's right. more a uh, broad range of age. Is that it's, correct? It's it's mainly for uh, I'd say five to eleven. That's it's good for churches, small churches where they only have one class or two yeah. classes. They don't have a lot of teachers. And they're just getting started. It's very good for them. But a lot of big churches use it, too. Cool. 
All right. Well, I think that's the, we've come to the end of our broadcast, the end of our question. So thank you to our two special guests tonight, especially Sister Westberg, who uh, probably is about dinner time for her because she's calling from, Cal from uh, Colorado. So um, thank you for taking your time and, uh, and joining us. Hang on just a little bit after the broadcast. Don't hang up. I've got a couple questions for you. Okay. Um, thank you for inviting me. I'm honored. Good to see you, Brother Moss. Good to see you again. Before we started. And okay, you're doing a good job. Thank you. And uh, thank you. Thank you, Daddy, for uh, for coming on with us as well. Uh, sure. just, just a reminder, if you want more information about what we're doing, go to www.newarkupc.info. And as I said at the beginning, we will not be having a Friday Night with Friends broadcast next Friday night as there's a conflict that the whole pastoral team has to be involved in. So there is no Friday night with friends next Friday night. Make up your own Friday night with friends and call a friend you haven't talked to in a while and uh, just have a nice chat or sit at home with your with your family who are your friends and chat with them. So you have the night off next Friday night. We will be here again tomorrow night at seven o'clock and I hope to see you then. Have a good evening. <laughs>